Welcome to Real Love Now with Pastor Don Allen, recorded live from the church at Warhill in Dawsonville, Georgia. And now, welcome to today's message. I want to dive right into a message called Point of Origin. Point of Origin. One of my favorite verses uh, is out of Psalms chapter 62 and verse number 11. Psalms chapter 62 and verse number 11. And before I read that, let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I thank you for those souls that were ministered to yesterday. And Father, I thank you that you're doing something awesome in our church through this time of consecration unto you. Lord, this journey that you have us on is changing the very fabric of our being. And you have promised certain things that are happening in this church as a result of this, Father. And I thank you that you are faithful to fulfill your promises. Now speak to us through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalms chapter 62, verse number 11. Again, one of my favorite passages of Scripture. It says, it says one thing God has spoken. Two things have I heard. Now I'm going to take you back to the King James for that on a moment. That's why I love this verse. It says, God spoke once, but I heard him twice. God spoke once, but I heard him twice. And I just love that so much. And I'm going to read the rest of this verse to you in just a moment. But I just love that because God speaks once and we hear him twice. And, and, I, and when I first read that, I said, God, how does that work? How does it work where you speak once, but I hear you twice? And then God began to reveal it to me that that, that happens so many times. Uh, there's those things that, that you're talking with your spouse, and, and, and I know that none of you guys have ever heard what I've heard before, but, but this statement comes, have you heard a word that I've said? You know, because you're driving down the road, you got a million things on your mind, and you're trying your so best to listen, but she says something that reminds you of something, and then before long, you're taking care of something in your mind. Can I get an amen, all right? And, 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 but you, it goes in here, but it doesn't process in here. And that's what this beauty of this verse is. It says, God spoke, but I heard him, but I also heard him. I got it. I understand it's true. I, I grabbed hold of its truth because it's one thing when somebody says something and, and somebody said a really awesome phrase this week and, and, and it, it resonated here, but it also got me here. They said this phrase, they said, they said, if you can't hear correctly, it affects your ability to speak correctly. And they said it's that way spiritually. When the world and sin and things are keeping you from hearing right, you'll not be able to speak right. You'll not be able to proclaim the promises. And when they said that, it literally made me go, whoa, that's good. Why? Because I heard it, but then I heard that. And this is what the psalmist says that God said, and you've got to really hear. He says this. He says, one thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. You've got to learn to get that on the inside. Now, how does that apply to the journey that we're on right now in our church in this boundary series as we're moving through this hundred days of seeking the face of God? As many of you are praying at six o'clock at your homes, many are gathering here at six o'clock a.m. We're on this prayer journey, and, and that's what I've learned that prayer is. Prayer is a journey. Can I get an amen? You see, we see a destination, but there's a lot of obstacles that seem to block us on, uh, along the way to get there. Because what's happened is, many of you, you're like, well, Pastor, I appreciate what God's doing in you, and I, I'm happy our church is praying, but, but many of you, along this journey, as you've heard us spend quite a bit of time on prayer in the last few weeks, we, we've tried to tell you how to pray, 
We've tried to tell you who to pray for. We've created the circles that you know things to pray about. And, and last week, what a powerful message is we learned who to pray with, the importance of who you pray with. But honestly, as these testimonies have been coming in, they've been blowing my mind. They've been absolutely phenomenal. And they've, they've been really great. But, but there's some here that, that, that I, I know I can hear your hearts. And I've heard from people that you're like, you know what? I have the book that the church gave me on prayer. I, I, I've got the notes from the sermons. And, and they're like, you know, I even cleaned out my closet and I got in there. And honestly, it's not what I expected it to be. As a matter of fact, your first attempt at prayer has left you on the sidelines because you had this image of what that world of prayer was going to look like and you got in there and you didn't feel equipped. Can I, can I get any kind of amen on that at all? You know, it reminds me of, uh, of a, something in my life. Let me, let me just poll this congregation this morning. How many of you would say that you are, uh, you know, there's, there's a couple different kinds of vacationers. How many of you are, are beach people? How many of you are beach people? Can I see your hands? Yeah, I'm praying for you this morning. Amen. All right. How many of you are mountain people? Yeah, you know, God usually lets beach people marry mountain people. Have you ever noticed that? Amen. All right, how many of you are both? How many of you are both? Okay, all right, great. Well, let me just tell you that, that I realize I, I'm not really a beach person. I love the mountains, uh, but I wouldn't say that I'm a mountain person. I'm an everywhere person. Everywhere I've never been, that's where I want to go. Amen. That's who I am. And, and, and so, but when my wife loves the beach. And so, you know, I'm one of those guys, I just really don't like going back to that that spot. I don't really like going back to that. So, so we were traveling with some friends that are actually in the service. And, and, and you know, uh, when you've had some experiences on the beach or, or at the ocean, I mean, a terrible, terrible seasickness in my life and those kind of things and, and that I've had, it's just not going to be one of your favorite places. And so we all decided we were going to go to Cozumel. And so we go to Cozumel and, and, and I'm not looking forward to being on the beach there. I'm just, I mean, it's not something I'm excited about, but, but I'm trying to find common ground. And Christina said something and, and she said, you know what? I, I I've always wanted to snorkel. I thought, gets me off the beach. So, I mean, I have this image. I'm like, we're not going to rent the equipment that somebody else has had in their mouth and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So we went out and we bought the finest snorkeling equipment that you can buy. I mean, we had, we had this, all this amazing, I mean, it may have not been the finest, but it, it cost a lot. And, and I had all the right gear on and, and, and the camera for my underwater pictures. And I'm all excited about this and fired up and, and, and I'm so ready. And so I, I end up coming out. And as I come out, on the beach, man, I, I feel like we, we look like superstars. You know what I'm saying? And we got all the right things and, and we're looking the part. I mean, we probably didn't really look that way. I am ready to be Jacques Cousteau. You know what I mean? I, I'm ready to see a world I've never seen before. And I hit the water and it didn't take three minutes until I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> I was in big trouble because when you suffer from motion sickness and it's a wavy day, it doesn't matter if you are on the boat or you are the boat, you're in trouble. And within about another minute of me turning green, I, I don't know what happened. The, the, the mask wasn't sealing right. and I, I got a huge mouth full of, of salt water. And I found myself sidelined on the beach that I hate, <laughs> watching everybody else experience what I thought I was prepared for. You see, the problem is I had a fundamental problem. I had an issue that I had to deal with, and it wasn't having the right equipment. It was that somewhere in my life, uh, when that damage occurred to my inner ear, I, I developed such horrible motion sickness that, that it, no matter what I equipped myself with, 
And as God began to deal with me about this message and reminded me of that story, I realized that some of us have a fundamental problem when it comes to prayer. We have a fundamental block and issue when it comes to prayer. As a matter of fact, when someone even says prayer in church, we go, oh my gosh, here we go again, get ready for the beating. But the problem is we have a fundamental problem, and the only way to address that is to get all the way back to the point of origin. We've got to go back to where the problem really started. And for most of us, uh, when we talk about where the problem with our prayer life started, it, it's got to go way, way back. And for most of us, the, you know, the other night we were, we were out at um, uh, dinner with, with Danny and Arlene, and, and we said, let's pray. And, and we were about to pray. Danny was about to pray. And Levi said, I want to pray. I want to pray. And buddy, he went to pray, and I, I, I braced myself for, for a kid's prayer. And buddy, he prayed. And I was like, you go, boy, you go. Amen. He just called in a prayer, but so many times most of us started with the same little kid prayer. In the very beginning, the very point of origin of our prayer life went something like this. God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our food. I mean, that's really where most of our prayer life started. God is great and God is good. Let us thank him for our food. You see, what we really need to do is we, we got to ignore that food part for just a moment, and we need to focus on the part that doesn't focus on us but focuses on God and realize that the problem with our prayer life probably started with God is great, God is good. You see, there's two things you need to know about God. We need to know that God is great. If we really want to pray, we've got to get to the reality in our lives that we are praying to a great God. If we want to really begin to pray with power, we've got to come to the place that we begin to pray the truth that God is good. That we begin to walk into what God has for us. And really most everything we need to know about God is wrapped up in those two statements that God is great and God is good. You see, most of us know what we need to know about God, but the, the, the thing is, we're not really walking in what we know. We're not really believing what we know. And to believe what we know means that we have to engage faith because sometimes what we know inside is struggling with what we've heard here. And God's calling to us to say, hey, engage faith. And when you begin to engage faith, it will bring you back to that very point of origin in your life and you'll begin to enter prayer in a different light. It's not some moment that you have to do in drudgery. It's not some moment that you have to do so that you can make sure you check that off so God will love you that day. But we go before a God who is great enough to handle our problems and he's good enough to love us through our struggles and it brings us to a new stage of life. And it changes who we are in prayer. You see, when we begin to understand who God is, it brings it right back to the foundations of the scripture. The psalmist said this, he said, this is what God said and I heard it twice, that God is strong and God is loving. And when he said God is strong, it equates for us to God is great. That God is great. When we begin to see God this way, it'll totally transform the relationship that we have as we move forward in faith. And I want you to get that very plainly today, that God is great. Hear me clearly. Faith in a God that is not able to deliver is absolutely absurd. Faith in a God who cannot fulfill what he's promised is absolutely absurd, and it's a waste of time. 
But when we begin to acknowledge who our God is, we begin to acknowledge the greatness of our God, and we begin to understand who he is in the the realm of his power, it makes our time of prayer much different than a waste of time. It makes it a launching pad of faith. You see, the measure of God's abilities are always going to surpass our faith. No prayer is too big for God. I want you to understand that God is never unnerved by your faith. You have never brought anything before God that made God go, whoa, 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 I don't know if I can answer that one. When you come before God with an audacious faith, God, it's almost like I believe that he kind of says, whoa, I can work with this one. I can run with this one because they're believing me for who I am. So we have to take prayer from a function to an act of faith. Because we know that God is able to meet the needs of our life that are beyond our abilities. I want you to understand this about God. Our God spoke the universe into existence. Then he stooped down and he measured it. And all that it compasses was created at his utterance. This same God took on flesh and walked among us. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He caused ordinary people to do great things. And the God that I proclaim to you today, he can do anything he pleases. And what he pleases, what he pleases, what pleases him most, let me say it that way, is to use his greatness for your good. What pleases God most is to use his greatness for your good. Let me just remind you from his word, if you don't believe mine, Deuteronomy 10, 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God, and he is mighty, and he is awesome. Amen. How about Psalms 24 and 8? Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. I've come to lift him up with you this morning. What about Jeremiah 50 and 34? Yet their redeemer is strong. The Lord almighty is his name. How about Daniel 3 and 7? The God we serve is able. Let me say it again. The God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us. The God I'm proclaiming to you is great enough to move for your good because he's an awesome God this morning. Amen. Can you give him some praise today? Hallelujah. I want you to get, I I underline this because I didn't want to get excited and skip it. It says, when we begin to see God as he is, it will compel us to take the situations that are greater than we are to God who who himself is greater than all. I thought, wow, this may be bigger than me, God, but it is nothing compared to you. Because God is great. He is also good. The other side of that coin, when it said God is strong and loving, God is strong means God is great. God is loving means God is good. What sets our faith aside from all others is that we believe that an infinitely great God is also immeasurably good to us. See, when I realize this, I understand that his greatness is meant to work for my good. Here's a scripture that we quote all the time in church, and I think sometimes when we quote these ones so often, people begin to negate them. But Romans 8, 28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. 
Some of, some of you say, I've heard that verse over and over and over and over and over again. I was blown away. I, I got caught in one of those videos online yesterday, and it was a, 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 a show discussing someone's faith, and, and, and they quoted that person, and they were like, who, who are they to dare say this? And they, they were quoting the verse. Some of you may have saw this. Said that, that, that This person has said, if God is for me, who can be against me? And they were like, how arrogant is that? And the other person looked at them and says, you know that's the Bible, right? And the person said, no, I had no clue that's the Bible. So I'm talking to those that maybe your problem has kept you from hearing the truth. And the truth is that God's word is true, that all things will work for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That means that the greatness of God looks at your situation and he says, wait a minute, this person loves me. This person's called according to my purpose. I'm working this out for their good. And when he looks at that, he doesn't go, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. He says, I know exactly what I'm going to do about this because I formed them in their mother's womb with a destiny and with a purpose and I've chosen them and I'm going to look this problem right in the eye and it's going to fall and it's going to fall before them and they're going to lift their voices and declare, I didn't make it on my own. I made it because my God is great and he's good enough to move on my behalf. Amen. Amen. I mean, that's not a hit or miss possibility that God might work for your good if, if you're somehow good enough. It's the promise that if you love God, his truth is unchanging and he's great enough to keep his promise in every situation. We've got to learn to hold on to the goodness of God, though. My goodness. I've watched people hold on to junk. I, I'll never forget one situation that I, I, I prayed with a man over and over and over and over again. When he was a teenager, he'd had a horrible re- wreck that had killed a small child. And, and his whole life, he, he tried to spend it in a bottle and he tried to spend it in troubles and problems. Why? Because he never could get past that moment. I've watched people hold that kind of junk to themselves. I, I've watched people grab a hold of depression and, and just wrap their arms around it and keep them or bitterness or, 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 or shame and anger. And they, they just hold on to that with all that's in them. But the problem is you're holding on to the wrong thing. Go back to the point of origin. Remember what your little innocent heart used to bow your head and pray. God, you are great and God, you are good. And reach out and grab hold of those things. And when the enemy tries to put that other junk back in your hands, look at what you'd have to exchange for it. The promises of God and say, no, I think I'll hold on to the fact that my God is good because troubles are going to come. But I'm wrapping myself up in his goodness. I'm wrapping myself up in the fact that the God who delivered me yesterday is still able to deliver me today and he's going to bring me through whatever comes my way man he's that good amen amen I mean, problems are coming. Those things are going to happen, but it's at those moments that our belief in the goodness of God will cause us to look back over our lives and see that no matter where we've been, God's been good all along the way. Psalms 103, starting in verse 2, reads like this, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Amen. Remind me what he's done for me. Well, I'll remind you. He forgives all your sins, and he heals all your diseases. Amen. He redeems your life from the pit, and he crowns you with love and compassion. Amen. God's that good. Hallelujah. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles forget not his benefits. I feel like this morning in this service, I'm standing in front of some people who can testify with me that you may have been through some valleys, you may have been through some struggles, but God's still God and he's still in control and you have not forgotten who he is, that he is great and he is good. Amen. Come on, give him more, a little bit of praise this morning. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Look, guys, problems are going to come. Struggles are going to come. But hold on to God and realize that he's great enough and good enough to move for you. I want you to grasp a picture of who God is. And when you grasp a picture of who God is, it will begin to change the environment. I'm, I'm just imagining, you've got to say, I, I, I don't mean to go back to that story, but, but I've, I've had this image. I wanted, I wanted to see what I'd seen on TV. I, I wanted to be able to stick my head under the water and see another world. I wanted to be able to, but instead, watch this. Now I see why the Holy Spirit brought me back to this. My flesh come, came screaming. I turned green into the reality that I was trying to go to. And because of my flesh, it was hindering me from where I was trying to go. I had all the right equipment. And I can give you all the right teachings on prayer. That, that book that we produced, phenomenal resource. If you haven't got it, it's free right up there. Stop by, tell them, I, hey, point me to the book on prayer. We want you to have it. We want you to, to, to get equipped. But until the flesh is dealt with, the reality that you want to see is going to be hampered. You're going to get there and it's all going to come screaming in on you. And you don't think, I've been laying right here. This is, this is my spot. I'm going to tell you, that's probably the most anointed spot in the whole building right now. Amen. Every morning I read the devotion over there and then I come, I, I just, just plant myself and there's tears in that carpet and there's, there, 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 there's God changing my life right there. God's doing something awesome. God's doing something great. But he's been working in my life. And there's so many times that the flesh begins to scream. And you know what I've determined to do? This is what I've been determined to do. I mean, I don't care what it is. If there's a problem and that problem screams at me and I start getting distracted, the moment I grab a hold of my mind, I take that problem to prayer like, like never before. I said, devil, if you're going to bring somebody else to my mind, I'm going to throw it right here before the throne of God and they're going to get prayed for today. You bring some problem up and try to hinder my prayers. I, you see why? God's changing my perspective. Why? Because I can focus on the problem or I can realize that God's greater than the problem. And I can realize that in his goodness, he's working out something that will be for their good and my good. God's working for the master plan. And you've got to come to those places. That, that, I mean, I've been at this a long time. Seeking God. Crying out before His face. That God's favor is on your life. And He's called you. And He wants to know you more intimately. But until you accept the fact that God is great enough to fix your situation and good enough to move for your benefit. Not for the way you want. Can I get an Amen but for what you need, then you'll never break through in prayer the way he's called you to. Would you stand with me this morning? For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Somebody said, Pastor, you quote that a lot. I shared that one day this week. I, I, it's, you know how people always say, my pastor used to say, my pastor used to say, I'm gonna, that's what I want them to hear. When the people are grown and gone, I want them to say, you know, Pastor Don used to always say, for, what was it? For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever because that will chase them. But bow your heads with me in this place if you would. 
When you begin to get the revelation of who God is and how great He is and how good He is, it will bring you back to the place that you can begin to see the world through the the lens of faith. There you will realize that God has a good plan for your life and He is able to bring it to completion in your life. Because God is great. And God is Father God, I thank you for what you're doing here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that I I feel as I stand among my brothers and sisters in Christ because we all need this reminder that you are great and you are good. Father, I thank you that you have brought the individuals to this place that you desire to be here this morning and you have reminded us of your faithfulness and you have reminded us of your great hand and your good desires for us. Father, there's some that are facing struggles this morning. They're praying all over this house. Lord, I thank you that you're going to strengthen them and you're going to minister to them. If you're here today with heads bowed and eyes closed and you say, Pastor, I need God's great hand to begin to move for me in this particular situation. I want to see faith cause you to raise that hand up so I can pray with you. If that's you, can I see your hand right now, God, to begin to move in a particular situation? Amen. Amen. By faith, God, you see these hands, they're lifted. Mm, By faith, God, you can put those down for just a moment. I want to pray for all of you in just a moment. How many of you would say that the lens of pain and struggles needs to be cleansed so you can see God's goodness? for you this morning that you what what you can't hear right it's the reason you can't speak that goodness right and you want God's help and you want to run into his goodness I'm amazed when Moses wanted to see his glory God said no you can only see my goodness that's something not hidden from any even the sinners can run toward his grace his goodness but you say Pastor Don I need God's grace in my life this morning can I see your hand hold it high hold it high thank you you can put those down really quickly this morning because we believe that the most fundamental fact of who we are as a church is to introduce people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today, if you're here and you say, Pastor Donna, I've not served a great God and I've never really allowed his goodness to change my life. And today I would like to give my life to Jesus Christ. Today I want to settle it. Or maybe you prayed a prayer when you were 10 or 12 and you and you know that that was great and you felt something then, but you've not been walking with Jesus as your Lord. And today you want to know him. Today you want to know him. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you any more than anyone else that's raised their hand. But if that's you, would you just put your hand up there? I want to pray with you today so that you thank you, sir. Are there others? Are there others? Thank you. Is there another today? They've joined these two that have said, I want today to settle my relationship with Jesus Christ. God's changing lives. God's changing lives. Father, I want to first pray for these that say they need a revelation of your greatness. I declare there is no problem too great. There is no bondage too strong. There is no division too, uh, uh, too harsh, God. You are able to heal. You are able to restore. You are able to deliver. And God, I'm asking you that as you reveal to them in your greatness, Father, how you're able to move for them by faith. They said, I need God to move for me. God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, 
that you are whispering over them yet even this morning. And for those that need to hear your love and your grace that reveals your goodness, that you are attentive, that you do see them, that somebody prayed that prayer last night and you wondered if God even knew where you were. You wondered if God even listened to you. But God's reminding me yet even now, he heard that cry. He lined up this morning so you would know that he is not only able, but he is good enough to do what you need in your life. Father, I ask you for blessings and favor upon your children. And Lord, now as we come to the point of these that say, I want to make my life right with Jesus Christ today, I thank you, God, that your grace is going to cover them as we boldly approach the throne of grace together. Would you just with your heads bowed, pray this prayer of faith with me, with these that have raised their hands this morning to make things right with Jesus Christ, pray this prayer out loud with me all across this room. Jesus, by faith. I declare hope in a great God. By faith, I declare if I confess my sins, he forgives me of my sins. In Jesus' name, I confess I am a sinner. By faith, I give this all to you. I cannot change my past, but I give everything to you. And now, because of goodness, because of grace, I am forgiven. And from this moment forward, I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. Would you give the Lord a mighty praise, a great and a good God, a mighty praise this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. He is so faithful. We hope you enjoyed this message from Real Love Now. If you receive ministry today, please consider partnering with us or to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit dawnallen.org. 